You're listening to the preaching podcast from Regency Baptist Church, located in Loomis, California, in the greater Sacramento region. We pray that you'll be blessed by this Bible-based message. And it's also our desire that you'll be helped with this message in your personal walk with Jesus and strengthened in your commitment to serve Him daily. 1 Samuel chapter 17, we'll read one verse together and then we'll dive in. 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse number 29. The Bible says, And David said, what, I ha- what have I now done? Is there not a cause? We'll read it one more time. And David said, What have I now done? Is there not a cause? Let's pray. Dear Lord, we love you. Pray you'd help me as I, I preach this evening, Lord, that you would uh, give me the clarity of my Lord and help me to speak what only you would have me, Lord. We love you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight I want to te- uh, preach a message on this idea of the cause. And uh, we just had uh, Valentine's Day and we just had a celebration of, of, if you want to say love and, you know, that, the, that whole thought. And uh, uh, I think girls enjoy it more than guys uh, personally. But it's a, uh, it's a very, very uh, unique holiday to just uh, highlight our love for each other and our love maybe towards a spouse or maybe towards our kids or maybe towards anybody I think it can be related towards. Um, but I think uh, we, we talked about on Sunday about uh, and pastor preached uh, uh, messages on the love of God and different things like that. And I think about the after idea of uh, what we've been taught from pastor and the idea of the love from God. And uh, I was thinking about what to preach uh, tonight and I thought about this idea of how the love of God uh, should change us a whole lot, and how how much the love of God what, what it should do towards us to us, and this 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 verse came to mind in this thought of David in the Bible, and David came to the battle, and we know the story of how David he uh, came to the battle because his his dad told him to, and not to fight, not to do anything special, just to bring his 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 brother some food or some goods, and then to just check on them to see if they're doing good, and then to go back right. And uh, David came there, and he was appalled by what was going on. He heard Goliath. He heard the Philistines and mocking our God and uh, making a mockery of who we serve. And he, he, he sees the Philistine, or he sees the Israelites, and nobody is doing anything, right? They're all sitting there. They are, the Bible says the battle, the battle was in array. Nobody was doing anything. And, and he hears Goliath just mocking God and cursing God, and, 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 and vile things coming from Goliath, and David gets upset, right? He gets upset in his heart at why nobody is doing anything, and, uh, you know, he's trying to find out, too. You know, you can tell he's going to everybody. He's walking, what, what, what's going on, right? And he's walking between all the soldiers as a young boy, he can think, uh, and his brothers are like, you know, get out of here. You're not, you're not even supposed to be here, all that kind of thing, and and David's confused, and then he finally gets to the point where he's just like, is anybody going to do anything about this, right? Is there not a cause? And you can just see his the emotion in that moment for him coming to that battle and thinking, for one, I'm sure, thinking that he was going to come to a fight, right? You're going to the war. You're going to see the battle. Make sure his brother's okay, and nothing's happening. Everybody's just doing nothing. And I'm sure he was already like, well, that was a disappointment, uh, you know, I want to see somebody die. I don't know. <laughs> in the war, you know, he's a fighter. You know, he's wanting to see some battle, you know. And uh, he gets to see nothing. And, but, then you, but then you just think about 
the, 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 the person that David was and the godly man that he was and how close he was to God. And, uh, and we know that from the story of, of his life. And he went on to be called the friend of God. And how close he was to God, I, I knew this, that David loved God, but that God loved David. And, uh, and it was evident in David's life at that very moment where David came to the battle and he says, is, was, is there not a cause? And then he went out and because he saw that there, he knew that there was a cause, he went out and he did something about it. And uh, I, I, this, this thought uh, stuck with me about how much he knew the love of God and how he knew the love of God should be a driving force for all of us, should be a driving force for him to do something. Not because, you know, he was anything special, not because of, you know, the, uh, how strong he was or, or whatever it might have been. He just knew God loved him so much and God did so much for him and how close he was to God, how real God was to him, right, that he knew that something had to be done. And uh, uh, I think about this, I, we've heard it said many times, if you haven't, love, love is a noun. Uh, he's, it's not, I mean, sorry, love is not a noun, it's a verb. And uh, I taught English for a, a short time in our school and, uh, you know, uh, that idea, if, if you understand English, that changes uh, the way you look at the word. Uh, love is something that, it's an act. And, and if you think about, uh, the Bible talks about, for God so loved the world, if you break that sentence down, God is the subject, loved is the verb, and, and not just the verb, it's the action verb. It's something that is acted out on. And as, as God showed us his love for us, he acted upon it, his love for us. And he, and he did something when he said that. He didn't just say, uh, for God so loved the world. That it didn't, thank God it, just, it didn't just end there. And sometimes we, as Christians, as human beings, we say stuff and we don't do anything with the words we say. Uh, God did something with the words he said right here. And he said, for God so loved the world, and it keeps going, that he gave his only begotten son. He did something with the love that he had for us. And tonight, I want to talk about this idea of there's a cause because of the love of God. There's a cause because of the love of God. Uh, I believe as Christians, we are to show our love for our Savior through what we do, not what we say. Just as Jesus' love was on full display when he died for you and for me on the cross, uh, we are to show our love for him through the things and through what we do in our lives. Uh, the Bible says in 1 John four nineteen, it says, we love him, why? Because he first loved us. We are to love him, and the reason we do is because he first loved us. Uh, everything that Jesus did, he, sh he, he, he showed us with a prime example of what love is and how to love. Uh, I think about when, he died, when Jesus died on the cross and how he willingly, you know, first it was God. God gave his son, for God so loved the world that he gave his son. But you think about Jesus, when Jesus died on the cross, and I know they're one, but when Jesus died on the cross, he willingly gave himself. He willingly went to this earth. He willingly suffered and bled on that cross. And we sing that song, he could have called 10,000 angels to come and set him free. Uh, thank God he didn't, amen, or else we wouldn't be able to go to heaven, we wouldn't be able to get saved, but Jesus showed his love for us on that cross, and uh, I think about how we as Christians can show our love, I think about this too, when somebody uh, does something for you, uh, something nice, maybe out of the ordinary, if somebody does something for you and you didn't expect it, 
What's, the, what's your response? You feel like you have to do something, right? You feel like you have to give something back to them. I think about this with ladies all the time, right? Uh, man, that dress is so beautiful. Oh, thank you. Your hair looks so nice today, right? And it's immediate, like, have to, I have to respond to that with something good about you. And it's like, I didn't even, oh, those shoes are so nice. Where'd you get those, right? Immediately, like, you feel like you have to send a response back in a, uh, a way of, you, you know, you like their outfit, right? And uh, <laughs> uh, I, my neighbors, I, for Christmas, uh, my kids made some Christmas cookies, and they were uh, having fun with my wife, and I, I, they actually were pretty good. I don't usually eat them, and uh, I, I ate a couple of them, and uh, they, they weren't too bad. And uh, they made enough to, I was like, hey, why don't you guys, like, uh, put some together? And I told my wife, why don't you put some together, and they can bring them over to our, our neighbors on both sides of us. And so they did, and they brought them over uh, uh, to both sides of our neighbors, and they were like, oh, my goodness, you know, I can't believe you guys did this. And they are like, so thankful and everything. Next day, our neighbors come over to us with a gift and bring us with something a little special, something that they just went out and got. And, and then the next, like maybe a day or two after that, the other neighbors came over with something that they wanted to give to us. And it was pretty funny to me. I was like, just by us doing something for them, they felt like they had to do something back. And I told them, you guys didn't have to, you know, I wasn't expecting you to do something back, right? And sometimes we do that when we, when we give something. We, we, we shouldn't be giving something to receive something. That's not what we're talking about tonight. But this idea of love, when, when, you, when we receive love, there should be a, some action to prove our love back uh, for our Savior. And this is what Jesus, he, he showed us on the cross, his love for us, uh, uh, through an amazing way, and I think uh, for us tonight to think about this idea of the cause, there's a cause because of the love of God. Uh, number one tonight, the love of God should cause you, and this is easy, the love of God should cause you to get saved. The love of God should cause you to get saved. Uh, the only reason that we get saved is because Jesus loved us first, died for us so that we don't have to die, right, and spend eternity in hell, and uh, we can go through the whole plan of salvation. But that's the, the number one is to realize, hey, you, if you realize the love of God, you'll get saved. Right. If you understand how much God loves you and what he went through just so you could not go to hell, you, you, you'll get saved. And you'll understand that. But you have to understand the love of God. You have to understand how much he loves you. So number one, I say the love of God should cause you. There's a cause there for you to get saved, for you to, for you to be born again. Number two the love of God should cause you to be obedient in baptism. The love of God should cause you to go to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter number 3. Galatians chapter number 3. And verse number 25, a few verses here. Galatians 3, 25 says, But after that faith is, com- uh, uh, sorry, after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many as you uh, as have been baptized in Christ have have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male or female, nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. That verse says, For many of you as ha- for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have been have put on Christ. I read that totally wrong. Have put on Christ. I think about when that verse uh, the idea of our, my, my ring here, and we use this illustration many times, right? And the idea of when you get baptized, that's a symbol to the world that you are already saved. And Pastor talked about this morning, how 
and how, how that baptism represents something. It represents that you already accepted Jesus. It doesn't, it doesn't save you by getting baptized, and there's many religions that teach that, that you, when you get saved you're, or when you get baptized, that's your salvation and, uh, and, and how much we have to teach against that. But baptism is the first command after salvation. So for one, if you know the love of God, you're going to get saved. Number two, you're going to obey and start to and obey his, his, the first commandment after salvation, which is to get baptized. I don't think that's too hard, but get baptized. Number three, the love of God should cause you to obey God's word. The love of God should cause you to obey God's word. Go to first, or 2 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 17. The Bible says, if, Therefore, if any man be in Christ... He's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. There's many verses on this idea of the old man and the new man and how, as a Christian, when you get saved, uh, there should be this transformation in your life where you start to change and start to be more like Christ and less like the world, less like who you used to be. We sing that song, the things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. The, 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 the words I used to say, the things I used to drink and all that kind of stuff, it should fade away. And you should start to change in your life because you know the love of God and it causes you to change because you start to read God's word and you start to obey God's word and you start to act upon that love that God showed you so, so much on the cross of Calvary where he showed his love. And now in return, you're showing your love towards him by obeying his word. You're obeying the word of God. When you see, when you see something in the Bible that maybe pricks your heart or maybe gets on something that you uh, don't like and, uh, and there's many things in the Bible that can, that can convict and should convict us in a world in which we live. And, uh, and that's the reason we should read our Bible so we can get convicted and we should be cleansed and renewed and uh, every day. Go, uh, Romans chapter number six. Go with me to Romans chapter number six on this thought. Romans chapter number six. Romans chapter six, verse number six through verse 23, the Bible says, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the, uh, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should serve sin, serve, should not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead and, uh, indeed unto sin, but, also, uh, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness? But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that, from a, that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. 
I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For, for as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity, unto iniquity even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. For, for when ye were servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things, whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the that's the the the, the passage where we understand how we are supposed to change, where we are supposed to be that where we were that old man, and now we can be the new man that God has 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 died for for us to be. And the love of God should cause you to obey God's word, to change in the things that he convicts your heart on to do. Number four, the love of God should cause you to be a servant. The love of God should cause you to be a servant. Galatians 5 verse 13 uh, through 14 says, For brethren, ye have been called into liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all, the love, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I've heard it said many times, God did not save you to sit, he saved you to serve. God, God, God's plan for when he died for us on the cross of Calvary was to save, die for the sins of the world. But, in, but after that, God, God expects us to do more than that. God doesn't expect you to just get saved and come to church. God expects us to do something with it. And be a servant. Be, a, be, be, be somebody who, when you come to church, be, be somebody who comes. And I, te- I teach the teenagers, don't, don't come to just have everybody serve you all the time. This is somewhere you, where you can be the servant, where you can help and you can be involved and you can be the one to, to uh, be used of God in, in, the, in the ministry that God would like you to be used in. But being a servant, God's love, the love of God should cause you to be a servant. He, he died for you. He, he paid it all for you. The least we can do is serve one another. The least we can do is serve God with our lives. The number next, the love of God, number five, should cause you to sing to the one who saved you. The love of God should cause you to sing to the one who saved you. Ephesians 5, verse 19. Go with me real quick. Ephesians 5, verse 19. Ephesians 5, verse 19. We know this one really well. Ephesians 5 verse 19 says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. To the Lord, in Colossians 3 verse 16, it says the same thing, uh, singing to the Lord. As we, as we think about our song, we are supposed to make a joyful noise. And, and, and in Psalm 95 verse 1 and 2, the Bible says we're supposed to make a joyful noise to the Lord. Uh, I taught a lesson to this on the teenagers recently about our song and how our song should praise the Lord and give honor and glory to the Lord in our song. You know that your song is not supposed to be sung to individuals. It's not supposed to be sung to somebody. Every time you see this, the, 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 the idea of singing in the Bible, it's singing to the Lord. We're supposed to sing to the Lord. Uh, I, I used to, uh, I had to argue with uh, one of my roommates at college on this idea of what music is right and wrong and all that kind of stuff. And uh, uh, his argument on one of the points was, oh, well, it, it helps me. It just helps me. And so I know it's probably not good to listen to in church, but it's, I'm, I'm fine with it listening to it in my car or whatever. You know, I, it helps me. And uh, for a while, that stumped me. And I said, okay, well, I guess 
I guess it helps him. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, you know, I'm trying to figure out where I stand on that. And, uh, you know, I came to this idea that it doesn't matter. Uh, that, 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 that thought process doesn't matter to God. He said the song is supposed to be sung to him. And so the type of song that you sing, and if you think it helps you, you need to first check to see, is it the song that he wants? Is it the song that he wants sung? For one, if you're saved today, the Bible says the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of you. Therefore, the songs that you listen to should be the songs that he wants to hear, not the songs that you want to hear, not the songs that you want to sing, should be the songs that he wants to hear. And when you go through the Bible and you see the Bible talking about songs and hymns and spiritual songs, evaluate the songs that you hear in this world and say, is that a spiritual song? Is that a, is that a hymn? Is that a, a song that God would want me to sing to him? And then it says there, sing yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs spiritual songs we have a lot of different types of christian music at this time uh in our world uh and i believe it's harder than ever to teach on what is what 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 kind of music is good and what kind of music is right uh because there's so much variety there's so much nonsense out there in this world and uh if it has christian in it if it has christ in it if it has lyrics in it that have you know good good meaning or good intention somehow it's supposed to be good and uh i i i would i would uh encourage you there's a verse in the bible that talks about i think it's in uh first john about trying the spirits the bible talks about we're supposed to try the spirits to see whether they be of god well in a song you should do the same and, and when you sing to the Lord and you hear a song that we're supposed to be singing to God, apparently, are you singing to the, the God of heaven? Are you singing to the God that he's asked you, the way that he's asked you to sing? That, that, I, would, I would encourage you, when you sing, make sure you're singing the songs that God wants you to sing to him. Make sure you're singing the songs that he's requested and, uh, and that, that will bring him honor and glory. That's why we're supposed to sing. And so I encourage you, the love of God should cause us to sing, but not just any song, not just a song that pleases us, a song that gives honor and glory to our Savior. And uh, uh, think about that. Number next, the love of God should cause you to stand for your Savior. This is so uh, uh, fitting for David in this story. David came to that battle and he came and he's just like, what is going on? Now, did God need any help? No, God doesn't need any help defeating you know the world and defeating the armies but thank god he chooses to use us he chooses to use uh, a sinner like me and a sinner like you to do the things on this earth to bring him honor and glory and uh I, you think about the disciples in the bible and how when god uh chose to uh, bring out the disciples and, and, and use them and then to give them power to you know do miracles and everything did he have to do that no he didn't need them he didn't need them to go. He could have saved the whole world. God, God could have done whatever he wanted to do. He didn't need them. He chose to use those men. And, and they, were, they, they were able to see God use them, uh, not because of anything they were and not anything special they were, but they were able to use, be used of God because they were willing. And I think about how, how to stand for God. David stood up for God because he was, he was willing he was willing to be used of God, and he knew how he knew the love of God so much that he said, "You know what? This, this is this is this is unbelievable. I can't believe you are letting him talk like this to God, to our God, the God who's done so much for us, right?" And he he was appalled by it. As a Christian in a, in a sinful world that we live in, how appalled are you at sin in this world, and at the the, the, the wickedness that we have going on in our world? Uh, are you letting it just sink in? Are you letting it just, 
you know, uh, take over to where you don't want to say anything anymore. Maybe you're one of the soldiers that just kind of like, ah, well, I don't know what we're going to do. We got, there's no hope. I mean, Goliath, look at it, look at him. He's, he's way bigger than all of us, right? I mean, every one of those soldiers, I'm sure was a, the, the soldiers of, of that time were some hard men. And you think about those men that sat there and didn't do anything. They weren't a bunch of sissies. They weren't a bunch of weak men, but they were men that didn't understand the love of God. They didn't understand how powerful he was and how much he could do. Uh, I, I was thinking about this and this idea of standing uh, the love of God should cause you to stand for your Savior. Uh, uh, verse number, go back to Samuel. First, uh, yeah, First Samuel in the story. First Samuel chapter seventeen again. First Samuel chapter seventeen. In that passage, it said, uh, "For the when David or when the uh, when it talked about uh, uh, Goliath, when it talked about Goliath in First Samuel seventeen verse seven. It said, it talked about all of the, 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 the uh, attire of, of, of Goliath. In verse 7, it talked about this. It said, and the, his, and the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron. And then it said this, and one bearing a shield went before him. And one bearing a shield went before him. There was a man standing before Goliath, standing right in front of Goliath with a shield standing there and being in, being in place in front of Goliath. Did Goliath need too much of that? Probably not. I mean, it just went over everything that Goliath had on. I mean, he didn't need somebody to, especially to go against David, but this is, David, he goes out there with this guy and uh, he's got a guy right in front of him. I think about David going out there. David was that guy. David standing in front of God. God's Math, way bigger than Goliath over there. And this, this, you know, puny guy comes out to stand in front of Goliath thinking he's all big stuff, you know. You know, we haven't lost any battles. He's a champion. They talked about Dave, or Goliath being the champion, right? He, uh, and he's out there. And this little guy stands in front of him with a, with a, a, a shield and uh, ready to fight with Goliath because, you know, this guy's the man, right? He's the champion. He's the champion of the world. And, you know, he's, right, he's there standing in front of him. And David comes out there like, dude, you have no idea. I have the champion of the world. And I have the one who can take, you know, you know, take anybody down. And David was the only one that could see him. David was the only one that could see that God was there and, uh, and, and that idea. And I just thought about that. Man, you stand for your Savior. Does God need you? No, he doesn't, but he chooses to use you. And he, if you're willing and if you know, understand how much he loves you and how much he wants to be there for you and how much he wants to fight your battles with you. And uh, I, I think about uh, in Ephesians chapter number six, Ephesians chapter number six and verse 13, it talks about, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore having your loins girt about with the truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking on the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all, all prayer and supplication and all spirit and watching whereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that uttereth may be given unto me that I may, may uh, sorry, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am, I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. In a day where we need Christians to be bold, 
We need Christians to stand out like David and say, you know what? I don't care what, what they're doing over there. It's wrong. It's wicked. It's vile. It's horrible. And God loves us so much. He, he doesn't deserve this. He doesn't deserve the, the, what they're saying towards our God. And he says, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to do something. And I think about in our world, we need Christians. We need men of God and women of God to stand up and say, you know what? Let's fight against this. This isn't right. This is wicked. It's wrong. And, and we're not going to stand for it. David said, I'm not going to stand for this. You guys are all not going to do anything. I'm going to stand for my God. I'm going to stand for right. I'm going to stand for truth. And I'm going to be bold. And, 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 and we do that by taking on the, 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 everything that God's given us through his word and the, the, the breastplate of righteousness and everything that he talks about in this, in, this, in this verse here. That's how we can be bold because we know we know, we, we know the one who's the real champion. We know the one who holds tomorrow. And uh, David was bold because he knew who he served and he knew the true champion. The love of God, uh, number next, the love of God should cause you to sing. I already said that one. The love of God, lastly, the love of God should cause you to be a soul winner. The love of God should cause you to be a soul winner. Uh, uh, we know the verses and uh, they've been preached many times. Bible says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. As a Christian, when you get saved, when you get born again and God saves you and he changes your life, and I hope he, he's done these things in your life where you, you've been, you, you, you got saved, God's starting to work in your life, you've made decisions to, to serve him more, and you've made decisions to change in your life, to, to be more like God and, and less like the world and less like the man you used to be, and all of a sudden that change starts to uh, be evident in your life. And God starts to use you and you want to be used of God. And God's commanded us now to go out and tell. Go and tell somebody else. Don't, don't keep it to yourself. Don't, don't hold on to things and, and, and not share with somebody else that you love or somebody that the Bible talks about we're supposed to go two by two. I tell you to this day, I still get nervous every time going, going soul winning. I mean, you go to a stranger's house and you knock on their door. And I mean, for the first couple doors, it's, it's nerve wracking, uh, not knowing who you're going to talk to. And... Uh, but to but just to obey God's word, he says, we're supposed to go. We're supposed to go. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. And in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 16, it says, For though I preach the gospel, this is Paul, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me, yea, woe is unto me, if I preach not the gospel. Is that pastor's life verse or is that yours? That's Pastor Nichols' life verse. This isn't just a preacher's uh, verse. This is a verse for every Christian in this world. We're supposed to preach the gospel. We're supposed to get out there and tell. And woe is unto you if you preach not. If you do not do anything and you don't do anything with the word of God. And I think about this thought. Uh, you, we, know, we know the, the parable in the Bible where, God, where the, 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 the Lord uh, in that parable, he gave those servants the talents and the, the parable of the talents. And he gave one five and he gave another or however many. He gave one one. And uh, the one that got one did nothing with it. And the, 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 the Lord came back and he said, you know, uh, thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sow not and gather where I have not strawed. And he was, he was not happy with him that he had not done anything with what he had been given. You know, that, and that idea was with talents. But God has given you salvation. God's given you a home in heaven. He's given you that. And God expects us to go and tell. God expects, expects us to go and do something with what we've been given. So as, as we think about that, the love of God should cause you to be a soul winner. I hope you are today. And if you're not, I pray that you get involved. 
we have we have ministry we we have an operation occupation if you are not involved in our operation occupation uh ministry where we uh, uh separate uh, our church into different areas and uh, our, we separate the the city and, and many areas around the city into different areas and we have maps back there and you can get involved and you can get on a team and you can reach that city during the year for the lord and uh and 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 and, and obey god's call as we are supposed to be soul winners Last, last, last thought, John 15, verse 15, talks about, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. Love is a very easy thing to say. We can say, I love you all day. If there's one thing I've learned in marriage is that mar- love is an action. Love is something that we have to do. It's not something you say. When I first told my wife that I loved her, I probably didn't realize that. Uh, but love is an action. It's something that you live out, and it's the same towards God. He showed us his love on the cross of Calvary through his actions and through what he did for us, and God wants us to show in return how much we love him, and our love for him and the love that he showed us should cause us to be better in our lives. It should cause us, I'll go through more time, the love of God should cause you to get saved. It should cause you to be obedient in baptism. It should cause you to obey God's word. I think that's a big one. It should cause you to obey God's word in everything. It should cause you to be a servant. It should cause you to sing to the one who saved you. It should cause you to stand for our Savior. It should cause you to be a soul winner. I pray this evening that you have understand the love of God in your life and it causes you to do something with it. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast from Regency Baptist Church. We pray that God has used this message to stir your heart for the gospel's sake. To get information about our ministry or to get in contact with us, please visit us at regencybaptistchurch.org. If you were encouraged by this Bible message, share it with a friend, contact us, or tune in next time to the Regency Baptist Church preaching podcast.